Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, the place for ideas you can implement to achieve prosperity. You'll get insights from successful business people on how they do business better. You'll glean tactics on creating a life and business by choice because we interview real business people who've done just that. Now here's your host, Damian Mason. Greetings and welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, where you will glean insights, ideas, information, and inspiration you can use to create a life and business of your choice. Got a fun show for you today. Got a guest named Andy Ambriel. Andy is a good dude. He's a 31-year-old self-made entrepreneur who works in the business of agriculture. Some of you might know that I work a lot myself in the business of agriculture. In fact, I have a podcast called The Business of Agriculture. And if you listen to the Do Business Better podcast, you might also enjoy the Business of Agriculture podcast. What's neat is he's been on that show a couple of times, and he's got a good story. He started out his own entrepreneurial adventure when he was nine years old. He's 31 years old now, so he's been making money, scraping this thing together on his own for over 20 years. You're going to hear from him about what he does, how he does it, some of his uh, entrepreneurial venture, and how he runs his organic farming operation as a business. Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, Mr. Ambrill. Thanks, Damien. Glad to be here. Okay, give it to me. I thought you started out when you were in high school when you said you bought a tomato operation from a, a woman, but you say you started making money selling stuff when you were nine years old. Go. Yep, nine years old, uh, planted two acres of pumpkins uh, and sell, sold them at a roadside stand. Uh, had a little bit of help from uh, dad with some field work and everything, but as far as uh, harvest and uh, paying the expenses, uh, that was all me. Good deal. How much money did you make? Did you gross? Do you remember what you grossed when you were nine years old with your pumpkin stand? Oh, those first couple of years, I made, I think, between 1000 and $1,500 a year, which at that time, I thought that was great. So and that you, was a lot of money for a nine and 10-year-old kid. That's fantastic. So that was gross. And of course, you had your labor, which you didn't worry about back then. What about those two acres of land? Was that a donation from your mother and father? No, I paid them rent. Uh, so <laughs> they uh, early on, they, they taught me that uh, nothing in life is free. So, so wait a minute. Because there's people out here saying, I want my ch- my son or daughter to become entrepreneurial. I'm going to give them something. I'm going to start them out. And you did not get anything given to you. You said, Mom, Dad, I want to grow pumpkins. I'm nine. And they said, okay. How'd it go from there? Yeah. So, uh, you know, they helped me with the opportunity and things, uh, you know, as far as uh, different equipment and stuff that we had around the farm. But uh, every... Item had a rental price and uh, the land had a rental price and, um, you know, you got to make ends meet. So, so they told you, you're going to, we're going to give you these two little sandy acres over here in this corner or something like that. And then we're going to charge you 50 bucks or hundred bucks an acre, something probably maybe not completely market price, but they still charged you just the same. Yep. But that, that couple acre little chunk, uh, wasn't really worth a whole lot on the open market anyway. Sure, so. <laughs> right. So they didn't charge you much, but they charged you something. Yep, and then yep. they said, now, son, you're going to use our equipment, our tractor and uh, a couple other things. And then they said, we're going to charge you for that. So do you do you remember actually sitting down and, and having to broker that out? Oh, yeah. Yep. It was all written down on a notebook and uh, me and dad sat down and settled up and uh, it, w- it was pretty interesting. The first year, uh, or the first couple of years, everything was planted by hand and planting two acres and then moving on to three and four, uh, got to be quite a bit of work. So it wasn't too long after that. I bought a little four row planter, 
uh, and that cut down on on some of the labor. Okay, so you uh, you were doing a lot of this as a nine year old by hand, and then did you have the idea because you drove by and saw a pumpkin stand, or how'd that come about? Yeah, I don't remember exactly how it came about. Um, at that time, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, roadside stands and stuff. Kind of not how there's one on every corner now. So um, it just seemed like you know at the grocery store or whatever, uh, they're getting three or four dollars for a pumpkin, and it's like you know, I can grow a couple acres of those and, uh, you know, do all right. So, uh, it was one of those things at the beginning. I really didn't know what I was getting into, but well, you were nine. Yeah. So you were about ninth grade or uh, sorry, about fourth grade or maybe even third grade when you're nine years old, I think. So answer me this. How'd you go about selling them? What was the marketing that you came up with? A roadside stand mainly, uh, at first, uh, friends, family, neighbors, uh, you know, everybody likes to support a little kid. So maybe I was, you know, had a little bit of an advantage on that. Um, but then, uh, I, I put some, I had some family members, um, on some higher traffic roads. Uh, so I put some along there, um, different events and stuff. Um, I would, I would take pumpkins too. Okay, here's the thing that you need to understand. If you're saying, Damien, I've invested five minutes in this podcast, and you're talking about a nine-year-old kid in his pumpkin stand. All right, what you need to understand is this evolved because business people that have their you-know-what together, they look at what they can do to continue to grow, prosper, and expand their operation. Mr. Ambriel was a nine-year-old selling pumpkins. Just so you know what the payoff is here, now he's 31 years old. Tell him about your operation. Uh, so now uh, I farm about 1,400 acres, all certified organic, uh, raising corn, soybeans, and small grains, uh, farming about four different counties. So uh, it's it's definitely evolved and grown from a couple acres of pumpkins. What's the number of acres again? About 1,400. Okay, so from two acres of pumpkins to 1,400 acres, all certified organic, which has a price premium. We're going to get to that. Actually, let's get to that right now. So... Uh, you're an organic farmer. You told me once that I thought was very, very smart. You said, you know, people can have their beliefs. They can say, I only eat organic or I'm against organic because of this or that. Anyway, you, you didn't even really get caught up in those reasons. You said it was real simple. You were a young guy. You didn't have a tremendous amount of capital. For those of you listening that don't understand agriculture, if you want to be big in agriculture, you pretty much got to have some capital behind you. Or you got to have a niche. So Andy said, I don't have a great grandpa's farm to, to go and operate, and nobody's given me a million dollars worth of seed capital, so I'm going to do this the organic way, right? Yeah, yep. It's, and, it's, it's a lot more labor, uh, but at, at the end of the day, um, it's, it's a lot bigger payout as well. All right, so that you understand now, dear listener, that that's where we're going. But in between, from nine years old, then 10 years old, you said, man, that was a pretty big success, Dad. I made a couple thousand dollars. Then uh, then you decided to go to four acres of pumpkins, and you, you were a little boy, and you bought your own planter. Uh, how did... <laughs> You, how'd that work? This is before the internet. You didn't even you didn't really go online and shop. How'd this work? Yeah, no, this was um, somehow I got word a friend of a friend or something had this old four row planter in his shed and was wanting to get rid of it. So uh, it it took a little uh, refabbing, but uh, it was an old four ninety four A planter and uh, worked real well. So, so you went and bought that for your pumpkin operation yep, and a couple hundred bucks. I don't remember. It wasn't much. Did you have so. to do the Did you have to do the mechanical upgrades to it, or did you get some help from there, your parent on that? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I did it. It was kind of a project uh, me and dad worked on a little bit together. Um, but uh, I kind of had to do some research and different plates and stuff because it was set up to plant corn and soybeans. So I had to get some different plates and move some of the row units out for different spacings. And Okay, now if you're not an ag person, this is all just just infrastructure. This is all just mechanical yeah, stuff. I mean, yeah. anybody that runs yeah. their own business, you know, okay, I bought a, I bought a dentist chair, but I want to use it for a chiropractic room or whatever. It's all the same stuff. It's just this happens to be a planter. Okay, then you made a move at some point. After the pumpkin thing had gone a few years, you were expanding. What happened next? Uh, then as uh, when I was 16 years old, a sophomore in high school, I uh, had an opportunity to come up to buy a used greenhouse from a lady. Uh, she was raising organic herbs, and um, the market was really great on that, and she really encouraged me to keep it organic. Uh, so we tore down the greenhouse, moved it, um, put it back up and then I started growing organic tomatoes um, by the way most people when they're 16 don't get sniffs of greenhouses for sale and then figure out they're going to go and buy a greenhouse so what was going on there because nobody called me when I was 16 and said hey there's a greenhouse for sale and I was pretty entrepreneurial also I, I, I went down the road and banged on doors and said uh, I'm going to rip my mom and dad's tractor and mower and then mow your pasture for you and things like that but nobody came across uh, you know Damien Mason and said hey you want to buy a greenhouse how'd you get in line for that sniff um, it was through kind of a friend of a friend type thing as well. Um, I had, uh, through the pumpkins and through some contacts I had made there. Um, you know, at that time I love farming. Uh, my family used to raise hogs, um, in the late nineties went out on that. Um, so I was, you know, at 16 years old, I really wanted to farm, but I had no idea how, how I was going to be able to do it. Um, I knew several ways that was not going to work. Um, so I was kind of just exploring and seeing what things were out there. I knew that, uh, commodity corn and soybeans and hogs was not the way that I was going to be able to make a living farming. Yeah. Because of, of economies of scale, because you didn't have a deep capital inheritance to go into it. So you said, I got to carve out a niche. So you're 16 years old. You hear about this greenhouse. There's a woman that watch. She lives somewhere within not too far from uh, you. It was, yeah. 15 miles or so. 15 yeah. miles from you. And you hear about her and what she wants to get out of this because she's getting old or the labor uh, kids and labor and yeah just was way she bit off a little more than what she could chew i think okay so well you're 16 still going to school then tell me how the deal was struck you went and met this woman as a 16 year old and said i want to buy your greenhouse yeah pretty much um went to the bank uh, got got a loan um how's a 16 year old get a loan uh, well, uh, at that time you have to have your, uh, parents co-sign for you. Mm -hmm. Um, but, Did uh, you have money down? Uh, yeah, a little bit, uh, some seed money from the pumpkins, uh, was, <laughs> what was the yeah. purchase price of the greenhouse? Can you tell me? Oh boy. Uh, I want to say just the structure itself. Uh, we paid like 15 for it, but then there's a lot of equipment and stuff that went in, inside okay, of so it. So the whole so. transaction was it under a hundred thousand dollars oh yeah yeah i remember the loan the loan from the bank was for forty thousand okay so um, so you put down maybe five to ten and you got forty thousand dollars which is still for a 16 year old kid i mean there's there's folks that are saying oh my god i've got a 10 million dollar line of credit with my business well yeah you were also a 16 year old so you went into and you bought it and then what happened uh then i started doing the work putting it up uh doing the research uh you moved the greenhouse moved the greenhouse to your own land yep and then, uh, then you you put up the structure and said, now how do I sell these organic nutmegs and how do I sell these organic uh, peppers or whatever else? Yeah, and and actually, I mean, 
during this whole process, I was doing a lot of research. Uh, there, you just can't go to your, you know, local co-op or extension office and say, "Hey, I want to grow organic greenhouse tomatoes." Um, so, a lot of research, a lot of reaching out to different people who have have done something similar, um, trying to get a system together, uh, and trying to get something that's that's workable 15 years ago the internet did exist were you doing this mostly uh, internet research or yeah internet and also uh places that i read about on the internet um and then some other farmers that call them or go visit yeah all right so you're 16 years old you got your greenhouse uh, up and running and you found a market because remember there's lots of things that we can do as entrepreneurs we say i want to i always tell the story i told it in my book do business better dear listener that's a plug do Business Better, my book, if you have not bought it, it's available on Kindle, on uh, audiobook, as well as in hardcover. I talk about getting a call from somebody that did not have a saleable product. You can produce a great product. You can produce a lot of cool stuff, Andy, but it's got to have a market. Years ago, in my political comedy days, someone called me up and said, I've got an act. I want to be successful like you. I see you're killing it out there. I said, what's your act? He said, I am. I am a Calvin Coolidge impersonator. I said, well, he was president uh, 80 years ago. <laughs> it would help. It would help if he were a little more contemporary, if you were a little more saleable. So you could produce tomatoes, but you got to go somewhere with them. So what was the hardest part? Getting the loan, it sounds like you had to do some work research, building the structure. You had to go and tear it down and do that. Did you do that by yourself? Uh, I had my dad helped as well. All right. Yep. And then you uh, you built this building and you got this uh, business running, uh, at least growing. Production production is growing. And then you said, where am I going to sell these tomatoes? Uh, yeah. The marketing, um, the lady that I bought it from had some contacts. Um, and, and the marketing early on uh, was fairly easy. There was really no uh, local organic tomatoes in the off season um so the the product pretty much sold itself okay so yeah the old thing of do you start with production or you start with marketing do you start with a, a contract you start with sales you said all right the woman i bought this greenhouse off of at least was helpful in that she said here is my customer base so you kind of picked up some of her customer base uh some yeah and then uh we kind of ventured out as well into some different uh grocery stores and uh we were in a, a chain store um as well so I uh, kind of got caught in the middle. I was too big to try to sell everything myself, but not big enough to really hit some of the major wholesalers. Yeah, that's the tough part is that you were you couldn't just be doing you're beyond the roadside stand, but you're also not going to get picked up by a company that's got a fleet of trucks and covers four states because you can't yeah. keep them in supply. No. So then that was a big lesson for you. It really was. I was kind of stuck stuck in the middle there and um it, it it worked out well. And then the one chain store that I was in, uh, three of their stores, they got bought out. And then the paperwork and the hassle and the insurance requirements of the new chain, uh, it just kind of made it unworkable. So again, this is what the big part of this is all about is about the lessons, Andy. And I think the lessons are, I can go through all the stuff while I didn't have a greenhouse but I had a business when I was, uh, you know, starting, I was 20, what, four or five, five years old. And I thought, okay, there's parts of this that are not that really complex, but there's parts of this. It's like, son of a bitch, who's my customer or what am I going to do? So you went through some learning curve there. Did you end up taking a hit in the shorts? Did you get, did you get stuck with a bunch of tomatoes? No, I mean, I was able to, to always sell, sell what I had. Um, but at, at times it got to be quite a bit of work 
uh, especially when, when things change that, you know, prior relationships that were working real well, when that changed, that kind of threw me for a curve. Yeah. All right. So then what was the next step? Uh, the next step, um, basically sought out a couple new markets, um, started going with a couple people that were going to farmer's markets, um, and they had other products to sell, but they didn't have tomatoes. So, so you kind of just, partnering you with supplied other people. with them or were you the outreach yourself? You just said, here, take my tomatoes and sell them? Yeah, I just said, take them and, and sell them. All yeah. right. And then they did I'm, a, I'm not gave a, a wholesale price. Yeah, I'm not a face-to-face marketer. And that's the thing. Going to the farmer's markets and stuff with a single product like tomatoes is a lot of work for not a whole lot of sales. So um, partnering with, with those people worked real well. Yeah, so you you thought that if you're going to go try to be straight to consumer, you thought it would be better if it was they have a breadth of offering. Yeah, yep. Okay, so then you got out of the tomatoes when? Uh, about four years ago. All right, so you're 31 now. You were 27. You were running tomatoes for over a decade and and making the money. Did you ever have a year that you lost? Uh, the first two years, yeah, cash flow-wise, uh, wasn't a moneymaker. But after that, made money. But you paid off year. the note. Yep. And uh, the bank the bank that uh, loaned based on your parents' co-signing got their money back. So then yep. you, all of a, you, said you could establish your own credit. Oh, yeah. Yep. When did you get a loan without needing a co-signer? What's the first year? Uh, 18. You were 18 years yeah. old? Yep. All right. So what happened then? As uh, soon as I could legally. Okay. So then what happened? What happened then from tomatoes to what? Uh, tomatoes. So that was, uh, start of that was uh, 16. And then um, 18, when I graduated high school, I knew I still wanted to farm. Um, so I kind of ventured out. The organic was working well in, in the greenhouse. So decided to venture out on uh, 50 acres of uh, row crop land and decided to transition that to organic as well. Incidentally, lots of entrepreneurs love the idea of running their own business. They like the idea of making money. They don't necessarily love the idea of being in school. You're not dumb by any means. You didn't go to college. You just decided I don't want to, I can't afford to, I don't have time to. What was the reasoning there? Uh, the biggest reason was at the time, it just a, a poor ROI for what it was going to cost, the time that I'd have to invest in it that was going to take away uh, from my other businesses. Uh, I just feel that it really wasn't worth it for me. So you looked around and said, I'm 18, which a lot of 18-year-olds don't run ROI. A lot of 18-year-olds don't know what ROI is. And you said, I don't see a return on an investment of four to five years and the money to go to college. I think I'm going to go ahead and do just fine by expanding my little business. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, I tell you what, the, the, the pressure, the, uh, from everybody else, you know, if you, if you're 18 and you're not going to college and you're not going to the military, everybody kind of looks down on you. Yeah. 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 Depending on your demographic and what, where you live and the socioeconomic background, there's certainly demographics, uh, where there, there's no pressure and there's demographics where there's so much pressure. These poor kids are committing suicide over that very decision. So yeah, that's, that's right. Maybe where, you know, where you're from it, uh, where I'm from, I can see it being a little bit of somewhere in between, um, uh, you know, there's plenty of blue collar kids in my background, but yeah, you still read and keep up though. It's not, it's not that you're not into learning. It's just that you didn't see an ROI. You read, oh, you oh, read uh, right now? 
Oh yeah, yep. And that's the thing the 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 information is, is out there to to consume. You know, you don't have to be sitting in a classroom to learn. Probably and more readily available than it's ever been. It, it really is, and that's the thing. You know what? Anything you can pull it up on the internet. Anything you want to learn. Well, and, you can uh, also pull up stuff on the internet that's complete rubbish. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but if you if you need to pull uh, up something, say about uh, an economics issue, you know, yep. you found it from the Harvard School of Business. It's probably legit. Yeah, yep. And that's the thing. And and everything that goes on in college is not, uh, I, I would say, beneficial or worthwhile either. So right. uh, a, a lot of that stuff, uh, you know, it's just what, what are you going to get out of it? Well, of and for me, I had so much other stuff going on. I, I didn't have time to have what you would call the college experience. Well, that's the thing. There's the part of it about the growth and the getting drunk and the getting laid and all those kinds of things. But presumably you can do that whether you're in college or not. All right. So give me the scoop. Then you you kept you kept expanding and you were only 18 and you were able to get your own loan. And then where did it go from there? Uh, so then at that time, uh, when I graduated, I was, uh, working for a landscaper as well. Um, still on the farm, still doing the tomatoes, but working full-time job as well. Um, that lasted for a couple years and then I ended up getting laid off and that was a good excuse to not ever get another job. Hey folks, we're going to give it a break right here with Andy Ambriel, and we're going to make this a two-part podcast because we have so much to say and he has such great information to share. I know that you're going to want to tune in for the part two, but right now you might be at your destination. So go ahead, hop out and catch us on your next commute.